conclusions are what uh, it's all about because we all jump to them whether we willingly do so or not but uh, my next guest is uh, here to talk to me about what causes us maybe to jump to those conclusions uh, sometimes the right conclusions sometimes the wrong ones but uh, from Media HQ of Jack Morney on the line with us Jack good morning to you Joe how are you doing very well thanks thanks for joining us this morning Jack no uh, the Olympics it's been headline gold of course for uh, for the media uh, but you You've written a uh, you've written a blog about I suppose about maybe the shortcomings in terms of dealing um, with the with issues at hand and kind of uh, maybe controlling public perception. Yeah, my I'm a special I'm a public relations uh, specialist, and the blog post I wrote was called the five public relations lessons for Team Ireland from the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're obsessed with the news or the media. Um, this story has just been the gift that keeps giving. Um, we, we, we thought we had heard everything sensational that we could possibly hear, um, and then we had the raid yesterday morning of the OCI's offices um, in the campus in Rio de Janeiro, and I distilled it down into five distinct areas. The first one, the first public relations lesson of what we've seen in the last week is that silence will never fill a vacuum, and I want to take you back, um, Joe, to the start of the Olympics, and it seems like five light years ago now, but uh, the response to the Michael O'Reilly doping, and this kind of happened before the games even got going at all. Um, at the draw, to see which boxers the boxers would be facing, it broke that Michael O'Reilly, a medal prospect for Ireland, had failed the doping test. Mm -hmm. The IABA quickly issued a statement and then went to ground. And um, one of the big rest, one of the big things in public relations is when there's a crisis. The first hour after the event occurred is traditionally known as the golden hour. Right. And if you can control, if you can get to the end of the problem, you can have some chance of controlling the story. With social media, like you mentioned, it's moments, minutes and moments now. But they didn't respond quick enough. The airwave lit up with what happened, what camps he was at and all of that. So I suppose the first lesson was um, you need a strong hand in a crisis, not a vacuum in which people would say whatever they feel like. Right, and I suppose you need to go along with the... You need to start with the line you mean to adhere to in terms of, like, th there were a number of uh, different... Um, uh, a number of different lines they went along in the end, wasn't there, you know? Yeah, and I suppose, like, it, that kind of leads us along nicely to kind of what's been happening in the last couple of days. And if you look at the ticketing crisis, mm -hmm. uh, my view on that is that the, the lesson for people out of that is Transparency is essential for great PR. And if you take it back to last week when Shane Ross came out of that first meeting with Pat Hickey, um, ashen face, yeah. um, the extent of the crisis facing the OCI was obvious to me at that stage. Uh, when he was being stonewalled, and that email has come out since where he was advised to put Shane Ross back in his box. And the golden rule is that when there's a lack of transparency in an organization, full glare of the media, reputational damage will ensue. Mm -hmm. And if you take that as the rule, what's happened to the OCI um, in the last couple of days, they eventually got around to having a crisis board meeting. How it took them so long, I'll never know. Um, with modern technology, they could have had it a lot quicker. They had it into the early hours this morning. And the interesting thing is, like, little did they know at the start of this Olympics that we would encounter the, Bra the Brazil judicial system, which is, you mentioned it at the start there, is a little bit bizarre, but you can kind of see what game they're playing as well. 
they're very aware of the media sensibilities. The judicial system is stacked in a certain way in Brazil, whereby you're allowed to bring cameras along, you're allowed to show evidence, you're allowed to conduct your investigation in the full public glare. And that's not playing out for the OCI. There's a whole host of questions about ticket rights, how tickets were awarded, who got the tickets, were they being sold at an exorbitant price, and we still don't have any transparency in that. So uh, is what you're... causing them the damage. So is what you're saying, uh, Jack, that, um, you know, if... uh if there are going to be these gaps and these vacuums left, that uh, it's kind of human instinct to fill them with uh, with our own ideas, our own opinions. Yeah, well, exactly. And also that if your organisation is in the full glare of the media um, and there isn't transparency, so if there's fairly simple questions, there's that great line from the unbelievable, straightforward enough questions, straightforward enough answers required. Yes, and yeah. we, we have a lot of that here and we're not getting the straightforward answers. Okay, we... And bring us on then to Michael Conlon, because in terms of PR, in fairness, he couldn't have done it any better, could he? The Michael Conlon um, explosion or implosion at the end of that fight will be studied for decades to come. Um, It's worth remembering that before that fight, we were having a very, very bad boxing Olympics. Mm -hmm. The narrative wasn't being contested. We were ill-prepared. We weren't good enough. And then... After that fight, in an act of daylight robbery, when Michael Condon um, lost the fight, he had what I'm, I'm describing as a famous movie from the 1970s called Network. Um, and there's a, a news anchor in a TV studio who gets so annoyed at how bad the news is every night, he snaps and he says, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Right, yeah. And, and, that, and that was Michael Condon. It was like when he came out and I was driving somewhere with my kids and it was being played and my daughter, my nine-year-old daughter said, that man's using a lot of bad language. It was passionate, it was lots of expletives. Um, but in that moment where he wasn't going to take it anymore, he dismantled the credibility of the International Boxing Association. Um, I firmly believe that um, that passion, and I suppose the rule here is that um, you know, passion will always trump rational argument. You just need to ask Conor McGregor about it. Mm-hmm. And so really what he did Opened up this tin of worms. Opened up a tin of worms, didn't it? You know, um, he 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 just opened it up to the public. He did, yeah, yeah. And um, like it was, it, it it may have gone away, and like it may still go away. Um, I don't think they would have got rid of six judges if he hadn't done what he did. And um, he, his passion, and it was kind of funny when he came out and he said, "Look, I'm a champion. I don't need this. Mm-hmm. I don't want their medal." To me, he rose 100% in my estimation. I thought, you know what? He's better than this tournament. He'll go on to great things. And actually, who wants a medal when, uh, when these are the rules? And actually, that was reframing the public's perception of Olympic boxing. And I don't think there's anyone here who were disappointed we didn't win more medals in the Olympics. But if you said to someone, if you won the, the boxing medals, would they be worth it? Most people would say, no, they wouldn't because it's, 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 uh, it's, it's corrupt. And his, his passionate implosion led to that conclusion, which shows you what a powerful piece of communication it was. Okay, and then, uh, you know, keeping on with boxing, I suppose, some people would put down our... the, the the fall of 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 boxing in in this Olympics. Some people will put that down to um, the departure of Billy Walsh. Yeah, the, the lesson number four from the last couple of weeks is you should always address the elephant in the room, 
uh, in a previous life, Joe, I worked for politicians, and you would always prepare people for communications interviews on their weakest point, right. which is the elephant in the room. And the, the large elephant in the room since the boxing started was Billy Walsh not being in the Ireland team corner. And it's interesting to see the context in this. Billy Walsh left um, in a Ferrara last October. They had since last October to come up with a solution to do this. Hmm. They were so not concerned about it that they didn't even appoint anyone to replace him. And so if anybody said, what did you do to make up for this gap? They didn't replace his expertise. Um, I'm not quite sure what was behind that. And in their defense, it took 10 days for Fergal Carruth, the CEO of, of the Boxing Association, to come out and do a very weak interview on RTE. And the only line of defense he had for it was, no one person is bigger than the sport. But I'm sorry, Fergal, if, if that one person has delivered um, umpteen uh, medals for the sport, maybe that one person is bigger than the sport. And the lesson is you always have to deal, have a plan to deal with the elephant in the room or the elephant might just sit on you. Right. And um, that's... Uh <laughs> it's, 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 you know, there's such omissions and, 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 and there's such delays um, have been experienced that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of magnified the issues, hasn't it, and, and distorted the, uh, the issues in many ways. Yeah, it's a bit of a, I think there was, like, my take on, on the Billy Walsh thing is that, uh, you know, at play from a communications point of view, there's a lot of institutional arrogance at play from the Boxing Association. Um, and it seems to be um, something that's been in that organization uh, down through the decades. And he, Billy Walsh is a really good man. He's a very talented manager. Uh, I think we can now see the extent of how complicated managing a boxing team with all of the different backgrounds and the different stories. Um, and his absence was, was very greatly felt. The last of the five lessons then, Joe, which um, I think is the most powerful one really, is that um, in public relations, the best stories get the best results. Right. And there's no doubt there's been a lot of bad news, but our performers with the best stories rose to the top. The first medal winners were the O'Donovan brothers, and they just completely lit up the Irish summer. They made us proud of being Irish. One thing that really stuck with me about their story was how themselves they were. Mm -hmm. They weren't putting it on. Their big, thick West Cork accents, and this notion that, in a very un-Irish way, they went to win. They didn't go to come second. They didn't go for personal best. They went to win. I love the story of Annalise Murphy. We'll all remember how devastated she was coming forth in London. And her story was kind of like a road to redemption. And she uh, came back, said she'd win a medal and won a silver. There was that great story during the week of our... Ba I, just, I didn't even know we had a badminton, badminton pro program, but Scott Evans who went bare-chested um, after he won every one of his matches. I never thought badminton could be so macho. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, it's funny. Thankfully it, was, it, thankfully, it was only the male members of the audience. But they, <laughs> they, 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 they followed suit. And, um, and, then, and then that great story towards the end of the week of Thomas Barr coming fourth in, in the 100-metre final. So yep. the lesson is great public relations. Um, great, in, in public relations, great stories get great coverage. And, like, you know, what did we see? We saw plucky outsiders, we saw characters, we saw Road to Redemption, we saw Near Miss, and everybody has a different story that can relate to those stories. Right. Okay. A, a, a lot of food for thought in all of that. Before we go, Jack, and, you know, there are interesting points you, you bring up, and I suppose there are points that uh, may you may be vocalising those concerns that maybe niggle us, and we just, you know, 
we we don't describe them. You know, they're they're just feelings that kind of annoy us. Yeah, and look, I, I I've been working for twenty years as a communication specialist, and what fascinates me about all of this, Joe, is that you know, in in all problems, in all successes, in all triumph, in all despair, just communication at the heart of it. And it doesn't matter if you're coming last, or you're in the middle of a crisis, or you're trying to get your point across. Uh, the people who are the best communicators, it doesn't matter if it's that brilliant story of how Tipperary got to an All-Ireland semi-final yesterday, um, and at the very end, Liam Kearns gathers all the players in and says, you know what, this is the start of it, this is not the end of it. Um, and it's the telling of those stories um, and the triumph over despair and conflict. Um, they're, 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 that's what fascinates me, and I think the Olympics for the last two and a half weeks, you know, at every turn, there was uh, brilliant stories and great communication and bad communication and crisis and uh, I think the whole gambit and the mixture of what you could learn uh, was all there and I found it fascinating. And finally Jack, uh, are you going to be considering the uh, the PR attitude that the Brazilian authorities seem to be adopting? From the point of view of the police, is it? Yeah, because you know we've we you know um, we've seen Pat Hickey's arrest in his bathrobe and so on. Are you can can you kind of interpret what the Brazilian authorities are trying to say? Well, I've been fascinated with this story for the last couple of weeks, and I think one of the one of the things that's really interesting to me is that um, I read all the coverage at the weekend, and it, it seems to me that. Um, for the last four years, Romario, the former Brazilian footballer, um, got Pat Hickey on his radar about four years ago around the London Olympics. Mm -hmm. And that seems to have sown a seed that has seen what's happened in the last week. Um, the judicial system is bizarre. Um, and you can see where the media are playing a huge role. You can also see that the Brazilian authorities see this whole case as the golden goose. And they see it as the way that they can say to the world, look, we didn't you know, whatever the rights and wrongs of it are, we were hard on the whole crime of ticket touting. And unfortunately for the OCI and for Pat Hickey and for THG and Pro 10, they got caught in the crosshairs. And it seems to be the way the whole thing played out that uh, the guys were waiting in the long grass. I don't agree with um, arresting people uh, on camera. Um, I don't, uh, I believe in due process and, um, and in all of that. But um, it remains to be seen. And look, as a hurler on the ditch, it's absolutely fascinating to observe. It certainly is. I'm just wondering, is it the Brazilian authorities screaming to the world that they won't tolerate corruption? I think it is, and it's the other interesting lesson, like aside from how the police and the judicial system work, uh, that these are very serious crimes. Mm -hmm. Look, I've been in the Aviva Stadium a couple of times, I've been in Crow Park a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, and uh, it would be lovely for the authorities here to take a ticket out touting a serious um, as they do in other countries. Okay, well, listen, uh, Jack, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, before we go, just tell us a little bit about Media HQ. Yeah, what, what we do at Media HQ is uh, we have the largest database of media intelligence, so contacts and journalists. We have um, listings on uh, your station, on your program. Companies come and pay a subscription, and they can use us to distribute press releases to national, to regional. They can build whatever media list they want. And we also do public relations. We do a lot of bespoke consulting and helping people to communicate better and uh, business is great. Okay. Well, Jack Murray, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Joe. And the best of luck to you. Thanks indeed. Good morning to you.